for the scripture this morning, turn please to Matthew chapter 20, or dial on your phone or iPad. I want to remind you that somebody put these chapter divisions in here, and it might seem like I've moved around a bit as we do the scripture today, but really, the last part of chapter 19 over the middle part of chapter 20 really is a cohesive whole even to the point that the first verse I'm going to read is the last verse of chapter 19. The title of the message today is, is God Gracious? Is He good and kind and generous? And Jesus gives us one of His parables that really capsulizes this important principle. Charles Ryrie, who has one of the finest notes for the Bible, said these words, We who follow and believe on our Lord Jesus Christ recognize His love that He has shown to the world. Probably the most familiar verse of Scripture is John 3.16 that ends, Shall not perish but have everlasting life, for God so loved the world. And yet this story we're going to read, this illustrates the question, Is God fair? Is God kind? Note the preamble in verse 30. Many that are first shall be last, and the last shall be first. Then we pick up this illustration that the Lord gives. Chapter 20, verse 1. For the kingdom of heaven is likened to a man that is a householder, who went out early in the morning to hire laborers to his vineyard. That's 6 a.m. When he agreed with the laborers for a penny a day, which was the normal pay for a day, a penny, he sent them into his vineyard. And he went out about the third hour, 9 a.m. So others standing idle in the marketplace, and he said unto them, Go ye also into the vineyard, and whatsoever is right I will give you. And they went their way. And again, he went out about the sixth hour, 12 noon, and the ninth hour, 3 p.m., and did likewise. And about the eleventh hour, 5 p.m., he went out and found others standing idle and said to them, Why stand ye here all the day idle? And they said to him, Because no man hath hired us. The master said to them, Go ye also to the vineyard, and whatsoever is right, that shall ye receive. Verse 8 is 6 p.m. So when even was come, the Lord of the vineyard saith to his steward, Call the laborers, give them their hire, beginning from the last to the first. And when they came that were hired about the eleventh hour, they received every man a penny. And when the first had come, they supposed that they should have received more. And they likewise received every man a penny. And when they'd received it, they murmured against the goodman of the house, saying, These last have wrought but one hour, and thou hast made them equal unto us, which have borne the burden and the heat of the day. And the master answered one of them and said, Friend, I do thee no wrong. Didst thou not agree with me for a penny? Take 
that thine is. Go thy way, and I will give unto this last even as unto thee. Is it not lawful for me to do what I will with mine own? Is thine eye evil because I am good? So the last shall be first, and the first last, for many are called, but few are chosen. In chapter 20, look also to verse 28. Even as the Son of Man came not to minister unto, but to minister, and to give his life a ransom for many. That's the capsule of all of this illustration and also the story he tells of the rich young ruler in the middle of chapter 19. We are called to minister for Christ anytime, any place, anywhere when we give our life to Christ. So what does the king demand? Is the landlord just or unjust or is he generous? You know, we cannot follow King Jesus without paying a price. After all, he went to the cross for us. And so often the symbol of Christianity is the cross. Dare we escape sacrifice or suffering when our Lord paid the ultimate price for our sin? The Lord detected in Peter a strong motive for service. Look in chapter 19, verse 27, please. Well, first, let me read uh, about the rich young ruler. Chapter 19, verse 21 and 22. Jesus said to the rich young ruler, If thou wilt be perfect, go and sell all that thou hast, and give it to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me. But when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. 21 is the only time the Lord tells somebody to go and sell everything they've got. He knew that young man. But then, as he observed that, Peter responds in verse 27. Then answered Peter to Christ. Peter said, Behold, Lord, we have forsaken all, and we have followed thee. What shall we have thereof? Rich young ruler, Jesus said, Give it all away. Peter said, Man. We're the disciples. Come on. We're the 12. Look at what we, what are we going to get? What does the king demand? The Lord detects in Peter's question a strong motive for service. He said, I am going to serve you to the end. And being a worker in the local church, you know, our sacrifices are not hard. The duties we're called to perform, being a member means you participate. They are not making us sweat so badly. We are making investments. And not all dividends are going to be received in this life. The Lord's truth is amplified in this parable of the workers of the vineyard. Some Christians say, well, boy, I'm the best Christian you know in their own eyes. And the Lord said, you're going to be last in that judgment seat, what you receive. And some who are last and most humble will be the first rewarded. Notice this parable has nothing to do with salvation. You cannot earn being born again. It's a gift, Romans 6.23. It's the gift of God, 
not of works, lest any man should boast. Rewards in eternity are going to be granted on faithfulness and service. What a story we have before us. You know, we live in Jonesboro, the National Storytelling Festival. Town's knows for telling stories. But you know, this story's better. You might have been in one of those big tents. I've gone by and listened to some of them and heard some of the uh, storytellers, and they're just terrific. And you hear some great stories sometimes, but this is the best. Nobody was a master storyteller like Christ. Nobody was a better illustrator than Christ, and that's what we have here. We are shown the danger of riches and the sad effect that money can have on a spiritual life. We have the vocal disciple, Peter, in verse 27 of 19. And he is contrasted between the rich man and these 12 poor disciples. Probably the only one of wealth was Matthew. They were fishermen, low in society. He was the first in society, a very wealthy man. They were last in society. Jesus promised rewards in the future kingdom based on faithfulness. The story of chapter 20 you have there in your lap emphasizes the right attitude and service. The Lord illustrates grace and action. Is God gracious? Is the Lord unjust or is he generous? Did you know what? The judgment seat of Christ believers, everybody's not going to get the same. 1 Corinthians 3, wood, hay, stubble, gold, silver, precious stones. We're not going to all get the same. We ask the question, what am I going to get? Remember, I've got a mansion just over the hilltop. We'd sing those songs. First, we've got the rich young ruler in chapter 19. Then we've got Peter in chapter 19. Then we've got the 12-hour workers, the one-hour workers. I want you to notice in this story that only one, the first workers, were told what they would be paid. Go ahead and look down through there. It's the only one that says you're going to get a penny a day. This parable is not going given to teach us economics. It's not given to us to teach us labor management. A same day's wage, some got for only one hour of labor. Jesus knew what he was talking about. Jesus had daily experiences with laboring men. I'm going to tell you something. When those hands were nailed to the cross, they were calloused hands. He served in his youth an apprentice as a carpenter. He came to this earth to build something, the bride of Christ. He knew hard work. He had heard the haggling and the complaints of people at the end of hard work. When we got down to verse 2, we see that the goodman of the house and the first laborer agreed on a wage. At 6 a.m., they contracted for a penny a day's wage for that time. We're not going to all receive the same thing at judgment. This parable is not just about rewards. It shows grace. The first laborers had agreed for one cent, and those that hired at 9 o'clock and noon and 3 o'clock and 5 o'clock, they all received the same amount. 
with only one hour left. They got the same wage as those that worked 12 hours. Let's remember those that got hired at 5 o'clock had stuck it out all day waiting and looking for work and hoping there would be work for them. And they were paid at the 12th hour. The harvest was great. The laborers were few. He had to hire more and more and more. And they had to finish before the rain came and destroyed the crop. That's why they were paid in that order. He dictated the Lord of the Harvest to insist on the contract people to see how much the late laborers were paid. The owner was going to show how generous and gracious he was. The first did not go to work until they agreed on what the wage was going to be. All those thereafter trusted that they were going to receive a fair wage. How many people have doubted the Lord? I'll never forget there was a lady one time. She was in her 50s and asking to teach Sunday school. She said, I've, I've taught long enough. You know, oh, really? So all your work for the Lord is done. Paid last, hired first. Those paid last, the hired first, they were expecting a penny, but they thought they were going to get more because the last got a penny. They thought, whoa, now we are going to get 12 cents, 12 times more. But they only gave one penny to each. And yet there were complainers. You know, pastoring for Pastor Mark and Pastor Nathan, it'd be easy except for complaining church members. There's a lot of people that complain. It's too hot or it's too cold. It's too big or it's too little. Just complain, complain. The Lord has heard the complaints and this householder heard the complaints. Yet, there was no argument from all the others because they, even the first group that were paid last, they got what they agreed to. Three questions to ask today about your Christian life. Number one, verse 13, what'd you agree to? Verse 15, the first part, he said, is it lawful? The Lord is always lawful. He's the Lord of all the rules and he's the Lord of all the grace. And then in verse 15, B, it talked about the evil eye. That's the envy, my right. Boy, we hear about rights today. Am I envious? Oh, there were envious people when that money was paid out. You know, the problem was not with the Lord. The problem is with me. Do you know everybody's not going to get the same thing? We're all going to get grace. There was a reverse order of hiring. He wanted those people at 6 o'clock, those from the morning, to see how generous he was to the 5 o'clock people. That's what God does. He's generous. Even if you work all 12 hours, you're all of grace. It's not how long, as we sang that beautiful song based on Isaiah 6. It says, but am I serving with the right motive? Am I serving with the right attitude, with joyfulness? Remember in Matthew 6, 4, thy father who seeth in secret 
will reward thee openly. Am I serving with thanksgiving? I must leave the establishment and the length of work to the Lord because God is correct, He's gracious, and He's generous. We should give our rights over to Him. No complaints. We are going to receive exactly what we've contracted for. I will do what He says. Let's observe some things in this lesson. We should not serve to receive an expected reward. We should serve because the Lord is generous and gracious. Do you know the Lord is always going to give you better than what you deserve? Secondly, we are to do God's will from the heart. Not do it from the hand or from the pocketbook. That's the difference between the temporal and eternal. Remember he said all this stuff's going to rust and fade away someday. Only what lasts for eternity, the things which aren't seen. Peter asked the question for us to learn. What shall we have? We've given all for you. What shall we have? Remember the mother of, mother of James and John. What shall my boys have? Mothers are always looking after their sons. I used that one time for a Mother's Day sermon. The 12-hour worker said, shouldn't I get more than what I contracted for? There's a danger of pride in the Christian life. There's a danger of watching other Christian workers and measuring ourselves by themselves. 1 Corinthians 10 speaks, don't measure yourself by anybody else. Beware of criticizing God. These people criticize the boss. Beware of criticizing God. Beware of thinking we've been left out shortchanged. The owner was generous. At the end of the day, they didn't want to trust him. They didn't rejoice over what the others had received. Moreover, instead of rejoicing, they became jealous. They complained. Their hand was rewarded. They worked hard. No doubt they worked hard. But inside, they were complaining servants. They were not yielded completely to the master, to that contract. If nobody hires you, are going to stick there even until if you volunteer? Do you trust the generosity of the Lord? Or do you think there's going to be a better deal somewhere else? You know, the world has taken a better deal from somewhere else. The darkness of Satan. The evilness of this age. Ladies and gentlemen, don't bargain with God. Peter said, what am I going to get? The Lord said to Peter, so many words. The white paraphrase. Why not trust me? You know, if we write the contract, we'll be the loser. How many people have said, Lord, for your will, here's the piece of paper. I filled it all out, what I want to do, you sign it. God is not going to tell you his will until you are willing to do it. He doesn't throw his will out as an option. He wants to fill out the top. God is generous. Don't be afraid of the will of God and beware of watching other workers. Peter watched the rich young ruler walk away. The disciples had watched the feeding of the 5,000. Beware of watching other workers. Because when you watch the other workers, 
you often take your eye off the Lord. Like Peter walking on the water. He didn't sink till he took his eyes off the Lord. Beware of overconfidence. Chapter 19, verse 27. But whosoever will be chief among you, let him be your servant. But it shall be among you, whosoever will be great among you, let him be your minister. Don't be overconfident. It's not so much about rewards, it's about the vineyard. The rich rung ruler put wealth first place. Remember Exodus 20, verse 3, the Decalogue, the first one, no other gods before me. And he put the dollar above him. Hearing Jesus' words, the rich young ruler chose wealth. All human goodness fails. God must be the center. Earthly wealth will make no difference in the kingdom of heaven. Peter blurted out another foolish question. He said, what are we going to gain? And then the Lord, when Peter asked that in verse 27 and 19, then the Lord comes through with this famous parable about hard work. We, like workers in the parable, ought to be called to be in the vineyard and in the harvest. What's our response when we're called to the task? Greatness in the kingdom of heaven is not measured by how long or how much we are paid, but how we humbly accept our places. Don't go down the wrong road. There was a French marquee who was elevated from his very humble estate, from very poor origins. In his youth, he was just a humble shepherd. So when he got the great job of being elevated, he built a chateau, but he kept one room decorated with reproductions of his hills and valleys and streams and rocks and sheepfolds where he labored as a youth. He stored in that room his staff and his clothing. And when he was asked why he kept this room so humble, he said, whenever my heart is tempted to be haughty, whenever I feel prideful, I go to this room and remind myself of what I once was. God a reward motive, loyalty, and love above all else. And our Lord is gracious, kind, and loving, every head bowed and every eye closed. Lord, I thank you. You've given us the path, not just to enjoy heaven, but to labor effectively and beautifully here on earth. And may each member of Trinity and all the future members that come into our fellowship recognize this principle and practice it faithfully. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Will you stand as we sing together, Have Thine Own Way, Lord.
Sure.